Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired Women Gathering. This is a show that talks about all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living through their stories, finding resilience, resourcefulness, tenacity, and the powerful movement that we make in the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations, sharing with you the women I'm so blessed to know and who inspire me. My name is Dixie Bennett and I'm your host and I'm a soulful women and wealth coach and healer, helping heart-centered entrepreneurial women heal their self-worth, embody their soul purpose, and create sustainable business with heart. And I created this platform to highlight amazing women that I come across and connect with. And I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. And I'm so excited to introduce to you my beautiful guest today, Tammy Plunkett. And our topic is the ultimate transition. Tammy is an author. She describes the written word as her life's blood. Reading is her inhalation and writing is her exhalation. And her survival depends on finding the balance between both. She is currently working on two books, her memoir and a how-to guide for parents for transgender children. She is the proud mom of four children, the third of which is transgender. Since walking that, that journey uh, of raising a trans kid, Tammy became an advocate for the LGP, LGBTQ community and volunteers on her local Pride board where she runs a monthly parenting with Pride peer group. In her off time from writing and advocating, she helps a select few clients write their, their own book or it can be found on a hiking trail in the mountains. Thank you so much for being here, Tammy. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. So where in the world are you coming from today? I am in Airdrie, Alberta, which is just north of uh, Calgary, Alberta, and, mm. and just east of the mountains. If I go up a, a nice uh, mountain road, everyone, uh, country road every once in a while, I can actually see the mountains. So Beautiful. it's not, not, not too far away. Well, we're talking about the topic of gen transgender. <clears throat> and I know that you have a really quite comprehensive story. So I'd love just to jump in and just tell me a little bit about your journey and how you got to be where you are now. Well, I, I have four children and, um, uh, as my intro said, it's my third child who is transgender. I, at the time, thought I had uh, three girls and a boy, uh, but my um, third child, who was assigned female at birth, told us that he was male at 11 years old. He told that he he left me a note in a journal that we shared on my bed, um, and it didn't actually say that he was male. It said that. Uh, I want to start taking the testosterone that those transgender people take. Mm -hmm. uh, like, oh, <laughs> but you know, it's very typical of Mitchell to just go all in uh, and, um, and explain it all uh, right out the gate. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a, uh, you know, I closed the, the journal and I shoved it under my pillow and I didn't actually deal with it all right away. It was, uh, it was a shock to me, although, I did feel that my third child, I thought, was a lesbian, uh, and um, that you know, at the time she had been very tomboyish uh, since the age of maybe eight or nine. Um, but it, you know, the word transgender was the farthest thing from my mind to describe my child. Uh, but alas. He is who he is. So it took me a few months to actually come to terms with it and go through my denial and bargaining stages of grief. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we, we did take a, 
the steps moving forward. He initiated a lot of those steps. He, uh, he uh, really took ownership of his transition and coming out, um, which was great. Um, it was hard <laughs> because I wasn't always as ready as he was to be out in the world and um, without that mask of perfection that I had been wearing at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, but, you know, now compared to then where he's, he's going to be 15 in June and uh, we're, we've, we're in a much different place. I can't imagine him being anything but a boy. He's mm-hmm. always, um, he's just so comfortable with who he is and, and has found a place in his, um, in our family. So I now have two daughters and two sons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, and it's been a transition for the whole family, mm-hmm. a transition in terms of how we all look at life and how we measure uh, the worth of a being and, and how we approach the world. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that how you measure the worth of a being. Yeah, <laughs> such a beautiful term. So I'd love for you to go back, even just to go back to where um, you know, just the shock of of the that that bomb in the journal. Yes. And I know I I've been I've you know I can't, I was just thinking I'm like wow it's been four years that's it's been, that's gone by really fast. It has. Um, <laughs> Because I've really been a part of your whole family's journey for since we first met, actually, which has been a true pleasure just to kind of watch from the outside and also um, to be with you um, through it. So ta- go back to that time when you, you found that out, because I, I know there's some great information in there and also to share maybe with some parents who are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I sort of hinted at the, the grieving phases, and, um, and this is not something that a whole lot of parents of trans kids actually talk about, is that grieving phase. Um, so I'm just going to be honest, because that's all I know how to do. <laughs> uh, so I, I did go through the phases of grief myself, and, uh, and a lot of times when I encounter uh, parents of trans kids in the world there seems to be these two camps and there's the i am the ultra accepting i knew all along or i didn't care if i didn't know i love my child and rah rah we're we're like the new advocates like three seconds after their child comes out and then there's the parents who i feel are dealing more realistically with things and it's definitely the camp that i fell into was oh my god I didn't know, A, you feel horrible that you don't know your child as well as you think you know your child. Mm-hmm. B, you feel horrible that, oh my God, I've been, uh, you know, con- like the way I've been treating my child has been conducive to them being miserable mm-hmm. because it is, it is miserable to be living in a body and, and assuming a role that the world expects of you that doesn't fit who you are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as a parent, you feel horrible. I, I adamantly believe that every parent loves their child. Mm-hmm. Unless there's, you know, psychologically something going on, every parent loves their child. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal, if you go to church, if you don't go to church, every parent loves their child. And, no, and our first instinct is, what did I miss? How could I have missed it? Did I cause this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I say? five years ago that could have 
hurt them inadvertently without me even realizing it. You know, these are all the thoughts that go through your mind. And, and so there's a lot uh, of emotional turmoil inside of a parent. And then you're also dealing with this child who desperately needs you because the world is a horrible place to a trans child. It definitely four years ago, it's just tiny little increments getting better as time goes on. But uh, four years ago was the big blow up over can a trans woman use a woman's bathroom and what if they're a pedophile, you know, which mm -hmm. we need to mo worry more about right. how, how abused a, a trans woman is. <laughs> but that's uh, besides the point, um, or it's not besides the point, it's another point. The, the parents go through a lot of, a lot of, um, inward turmoil in terms of emotions mm -hmm. and i am here to acknowledge that i you know that's the hill i'm going to die on that's the one that's the message that i want to put out in the world is that the parents feelings matter mm -hmm. they need to be heard they need to be acknowledged by the parent not by the child however and this is a very important uh caveat and asterisk that we have to put on this our children are not our therapists. They are not there to make us feel better about how we're feeling when they're going through a transition. Mm -hmm. It's not their job to make us feel okay about it. We're there to make them feel okay about it. Mm -hmm. So as parents, if we have to grieve or go through anything, we have to do that with our partners, with our therapists, with our best friends, uh, but I do say we have to do it in our own proverbial closet. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you hear these moms out there who are like, I'm super supportive of my child, it's okay to be that way in front of your child so that your child knows that they are supported. But it's also okay if behind the scenes you are totally breaking down and losing it. So I, I had, um, I was angry. Mm -hmm. I was sad. I, you know, I was um, just guilty. I went through all of the feelings, but all behind closed doors and nobody really knew mm -hmm. um, what was going on until I, I started speaking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, um, well, it's such a transitional phase for everybody. And and I, it's important for everybody to recognize that everybody is allowed to have their feelings. And I think for children, too, it's like, well, this is who I am. Why can't you just, you know, just accept me? Why do you have to have any issues around it? Right. Yeah. And it, but there is also the process of understanding that they they just because they've changed doesn't mean that you just kind of pick up and, and continue on. There has to be um that process too well and you and I, well you and I talked a lot about it right so from changing the bedroom to yeah clothes to you know all of those things so do you want to talk a little bit about that process too yeah well there's a lot that that uh, I'm going to talk about two things because something else that you mentioned is that a lot of times the child and even young adults or uh, youth when they come uh, forward as transgender if they're 25 and and they come out to their parents they're like I'm transgender accepted period mm -hmm. and that's difficult for a parent because the transgender person may have known since they were five six seven eight um, 
even if they just realized it when they were 20, 21. No transgender person realizes it and tells everybody the next day. They process it internally. They live with it. They try things on uh, behind closed doors. Um, so it's a lot of times, and I tell this to parents, is you have to help your child understand that while they have known inside for a lo much longer time, we just found out. So they have to give us a little bit of leeway. Mm -hmm. Again, we're the parent and they're the child. We do have to do a little bit more effort in terms of getting the pronouns right and, and, and using the name that they've chosen. And if you're lucky, you get to choose with them, which I did. <laughs> but um, but they, they, they need to understand that we're not going to catch on right away because we haven't been living with this inside all of this time. Mm -hmm. um, but then the transition in terms of what happens after they tell you. So the first thing uh, after they tell us is really changing pronouns. So if um, my child was assigned female at birth, we used she, her, and when he came out, we started using he, him. It's hard. <laughs> you know, when you spend 11 years referring to somebody in one way, it's, it's not overnight that you refer to them the next way mm -hmm. that being said my youngest son got it right away never made a pronoun mistake from mm -hmm. the, the second we told him right. mitchell's your brother he's like i always wanted a brother never made a mistake after mm -hmm. which is a testament to how open children are compared to adults right um so yeah we we changed his name it's it's a social transition for ch children it's not you know there's no 11 year old who's having surgery <laughs> you know and that's i think what is the misconception out in the world is oh my god how could you as a parent allow your child to go and change their you know their bottom parts it's like no that is not happening <laughs> you know there's no eight-year-old out there having a breast implant it's like these these are not things that are happening uh it's a social transition and if you are eight five ten years old really you have no secondary sex characteristics it's just a matter of changing your clothes changing your hair um calling a she or he mm -hmm. and and Bob's your uncle, you know, you just go out in the world and nobody knows any different. Mm -hmm. When hormones come to play, then there is a little bit more that needs to be adjusted. Mitchell had actually gone through puberty at that point. So we need we needed uh, hormone blockers to block um, the female puberty. Mm -hmm. And then he was just a normal kid the same way he would have been when he was five. There was just no more hormones going through his body. Mm -hmm. And now that he's 15, he's on cross hormones. So he's doing testosterone and his voice has dropped. It's pretty remarkable. Everybody's like, oh my God. Um, and his legs are hairy, like every other 15 year old, you know, is when he goes to school and he sees all of the other kids who are having their voices drop and, you know, hairy legs and peach fuzz on their lip, uh, he, he needed to fit in with his, his peers. So those are, those are the things that happen. But again, you know, there's no surgery, <laughs> not right now. Um, and that's just the state. And, and the other thing that we did is we legally changed his name because it just helped in terms of, um, although I have to say in Alberta, they've been amazing. As soon as you tell the school, this is his preferred name, 
all his attendance records had that name, his report card had that name. I, legally, they had to have his birth name until we had it changed right. on file, but uh, when people addressed him in the school, they used Mitchell. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but we did, we did eventually legally change his name. That's amazing. Yeah. I want you to talk a little bit about that process of the name change too, because I know there is there is some some changes that happened in that that whole process of trying it on, exploring, and then landing on a new name. Yeah, yeah. So his birth name uh, could be spelt differently and sounded masculine. So we that's what we did is we kept his birth name and we just spelt it a different way, um, but. Uh, and they call it dead naming in the transgender community is to use someone's birth name. It's a, it, it can be very disrespectful because, um, and he decided he didn't want to keep that name. And it's because it has a lot of baggage from, yeah. you know, from birth until 11, he, he sort of assumed a different persona to please everybody around him that assumed that he was a girl. So, um, yeah, we kept we kept that name for a little while, but then we uh, he he asked to change it, and he came to me with some very strange, you know, ethnic names that <coughs> were not our ethnicity. <laughs> and I'm like, can we sit down with uh, you know? So you know, little caveat here. Our sidebar is that I'm a writer, and I I started writing fiction. And every writer has a baby name book because you have to name your characters. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's sit down with the baby name book together. Um, and we actually, we sat on the stairs and, and we went through all of them. And, uh, and I, I believe in numerology and I'm like, let's find something with a double letter because it's lucky. And, and so we actually made sure that, uh, uh, we, we found a name that fit him numerologically as well, but, uh, yeah, we, we had to cut it down to five and then we were asking, you know, his dad and everybody and, and we settled on Mitchell. Wow. But I love that it was a family affair. Yeah. And I know that has been hard for a lot of parents of trans kids, uh, especially when they're older. And because naming your child is important. Like we often find names with meanings or names from our families and having your child choose their name and, and just tell you this is what it is and you have no input is, is very difficult. And I'm so grateful he made us part of the process because mm -hmm. I'd have been devastated if, you know, his name was Jerome or something. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with Jerome, but it just wouldn't have fit him. <laughs> uh, so how... Well, I guess going back to some, some mentors, like who, who's kind of helped you along the way and who's kind of helped guide you through all of this? And, and where should people go and look for support, especially around parenting a transgender child? Mm -hmm. Well, you can hit me up. Um, but uh, I, I was looking, the first thing I did was Google. And I think that's the first thing that almost all parents do, which is, uh, can be dangerous because if you just hit on the wrong link and Google is telling you something that is completely out into right field, not left field, mm -hmm. and, and then you're, you think that there's something horribly wrong with your child. So uh, you have to be very careful with your Google searches. But when I, I, I searched for Google and I searched, now I have to say, I, my first career was, I was a registered nurse uh, for 15 years. Uh, 
um, and then left nursing actually when Mitchell was born um, to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And at the time, so this is going back a million years, but at the time, transgender was actually a mental illness. And so the first thing that popped into my head was we need a therapist because what's going on? Um, I knew my child was not mentally ill, but I did know that, uh, that the, I knew enough that gender was in the mind, right. and, which it is. And, and that, uh, so that's where I, I landed. And I found an amazing LGBTQ uh, therapist here in Calgary, well, in Calgary. So we drove there and had a few appointments with her. Um, I want to say a lot of times, when we go to therapists with our children, um, it's not the transgender child that needs the therapist, it's the parent. And it's because we need to understand what it means to be transgender. The only thing my husband and I wanted to know was how do we switch his mind? And is this permanent? And is this just a phase? And, and can we just, you know, if I, we were in that bargaining phase and the, you know, you know, I hope this isn't permanent because, and a lot of it was out of fear. My husband's uh, biggest um, apprehension was that Mitchell was going to get beaten up uh, mm -hmm. because there are, is, is more abuse uh, towards transgender individuals. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that was his biggest fear. And we were just trying to find a way of, you know, can it be anything but something that will get you beaten or killed, right? So yeah, that's, um, that was my first mentor. Uh, from there, I actually met a transgender woman. Actually, I met a transgender man and, and I had coffee with him and, and he answered all of my questions. He was an amazing uh, open book. Mm -hmm. um, and then I met a transgender woman who happens to be one of my closest friends now. I absolutely adore her. But uh, to have someone who's, you know, three years ahead of my son in terms of transition and going through the mental um, acceptance of it themselves and, 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 you know, like I call her up and say, I keep making mistakes with his name. I don't know what I'm doing and, you know, how can I fix it? And, and she said, tell him to tell you when you make a mistake or Mitchell. <laughs> and so that way it's kind of a joke and, it, and he's not, you know, crapping on you or chastising you and you don't feel guilty about it. Because I felt so guilty when I'd make the mistake. But yeah, having Kirsten's advice was, was amazing. So she's been a, a great uh, person to lean on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just curious, this is a question that just came up, is, is there, how many children are come out as transgender at younger ages? Is that more of a common thing now or? It's much more common now than it used to be. Um, I don't know the percentages. I, I remember Kirsten has told me there are as many transgender people in the world as there are redheads. Really? So whatever that percentage is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, um, but there, there are much, much more children coming out now than there used to be. And that is because the conversation is accepted now and people are talking about it now. Mm. Um, Kirsten came out as an adult and when she was growing up in the 80s in rural Saskatchewan, you never heard of the word transgender. And when we were growing up watching television, like there was Klinger on MASH 
who was trying to get out of the military because he was crazy you know uh you know and and we would make fun of any man that was feminine at all and cross-dressing was a, a fetish mm -hmm. right and and um kirsten's often told me you know it wasn't it had nothing to do with sex for me mm -hmm. it had to do with who i was on the inside so she didn't understand she's like i'm i wasn't gay Mm -hmm. I, I a gay man I, I was a woman so um and when you don't have words to associate with it you just don't know what to label it and and you feel horrible about yourself and mitchell has not told me in so many words but he was very depressed and anxious uh, for a few years before coming out and i think he just didn't know Mm -hmm. what was going on in, inside of his body and his mind until he was able to pinpoint it and he he watched a a, a youtube video mm -hmm. that explained what it was to be transgender and he's like oh my god this is what it is mm -hmm. this is what i'm feeling mm -hmm. and i have a feeling that that is part of why children are coming out more now than ever before it's because families are more accepting gender neutral toys are actually accepted we let boys play with dolls now which you never would have let in the past and mm -hmm. and vice versa you know being a tom a tomboy is no big deal with your daughter um and and the uh, you know the internet everybody's got access to videos and and articles to find out what are these things that nobody would ever talk about in the past mm -hmm yeah is there like an age like is it younger and younger or is there kind of like that developmental age where kids are just feeling a little bit Actually, more leaning towards one or the other um gender is a mental concept so and it doesn't develop in a child until they're about three to five years old maybe up to seven but usually by three or five is when the child realizes a they are not uh their mother <laughs> you know because when you're little you don't really see a difference between me and mom you, you and mom are pretty much really the same person mm -hmm. um and then uh yeah around the ages between three and five is when you realize there's actually a difference between being a boy and being a girl and that's when uh, the identity of you know i am a boy or i am a girl forms in your mind so that's um I, I don't know of a whole lot of kids before the age of five who are coming out as transgender, but that's, that's when it's formed in our minds. Mm -hmm. So at what point did you decide to become more of an advocate for your child? Because there's lots of different ways that you could have gone with it, and, yeah. and you've chosen to be the advocate. So tell me a little bit yeah. more about that decision and development in your family. I think I, I think I have a big mouth. <laughs> I think I strong opinions. I, I, I do have. I'm opinionated. <laughs> you have lots of opinions, but I, I yeah. I love what I love how you work through things. Like I watch, I watch your mind work. Yeah, and I'm a communicator. Like I'm a writer, and and I I process my world through writing, and uh, and I I like to put that writing out in the world. Um, I had a horrible childhood myself and uh, one of the deciding factors when I survived my childhood was, this is not gonna be in vain and it will be in service of others. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And everything that I go through is always, if I have to learn a life lesson here, it will be to be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And, and this is no different. And everything that I have learned through this, um, I am here to serve the person who's two steps behind me. And, and I'll just tell you about the rock in the, <laughs> and there's a root here. So you have to watch so that you don't trip on the root and, and the rock that's coming up. And, and that's how I lead my life. Um, I've decided to become an advocate because of the discrimination my son was facing and he was uh, bullied in school and it, there, it really was a pivotal moment for me uh, before he came out I truly did care what other people thought of me and I lived my life with a mask of perspective perfection and mm -hmm. I've got my crap together and you know I'm a good mom and I'm a good this and I'm a good that and all I cared about was what other people thought mm -hmm. and I cared about it to the point that I was worried about what the principal at school would think of me instead of worrying about my child mm -hmm. and, and that was my breaking point and from that moment on I became his advocate and an advocate for transgender children throughout the world. I think a big, um, a big misconception that we have about transgender children is that this has anything to do with sex. Mm -hmm. And I think that is um, one of the other hills I'm going to, or ditch I'm going to die in, is that uh, being transgender has absolutely zero to do with sexual orientation. And that is why a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old can tell you I'm transgender, because it has nothing to do with sex. It's all in the mind. Uh, sexual orientation happens generally around or after puberty, and that is different. And that, and then there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just different than being transgender. And I think that bunching them together in the LGBTQ acronym, where you've got lesbian, gay, bisexual, those are all sexual orientations and then you add transgender on there and all of a sudden you think that these children are sexually active or that we're encouraging children to have sex or that we're talking about sex with kids mm -hmm. and that none of that is true mm -hmm. and so that's why I'm specific about uh, my advocacy for transgender children because I feel like they need a voice uh, out in the world to not be so miscon so much misconception around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel this whole experience is, is, has shifted your family? Do you feel like it's been, an, I want to say gift, but does it feel like it's something that pulled your family together or do you think your family would not have been on a different track had this not experience not happened? Hmm. I, I think that's a very good question. I, I don't think it's, I think we were good, I think we were close. Um, I don't know that it would have made much of a difference to the family unit. I think it's each impacted us individually so that we're more authentic and deep um, and true to ourselves individually. I don't know that the family unit would have changed at all. Mm -hmm. um, we're definitely, we're close as a family and, and we always have been, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how would you inspire other families or other parents to maybe shift, be more open-minded or shift the conversation within their own, own family unit? How could they become a little bit more closer to support their child and to support each other instead of suffering in silence? Mm -hmm. 
That's a magic wand. <laughs> I think um, if I have any advice to give anyone is, is to be authentic, to truly look at everything that you're doing in your life and measuring to see if it's what you truly want or if it's what you think the outside world wants and expects of you. And I think that is the gift of every transgender person on this planet is they are a mirror for us to look in and see if we are being as authentic in our life as they are being in theirs. Because it's, it takes a tremendous amount of bravery to show up in the world and, and to say, hey, I know that you all assigned me this label when I was born, but this is not who I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and I think honestly, within a family unit, uh, as a, an entrepreneur out in the world, mm -hmm. anything that we're doing where we are more authentic and we are truly showing up a hundred percent as who we are, mm -hmm. it's going to be beneficial. It'll be closer relationships within the family. It'll be, you know, you'll, you'll be attracting the clients that you're meant to attract and servicing the people that you're meant to service. Mm-hmm. Well put. <laughs> I learned from the best. <laughs> um, and what about some of your turning points? Like, how do you think your life prepared you for this? Oh, God, I don't know that my life prepared me for this. Well, uh, it, 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 is that, you know, just your own self-discovery that helped yeah. you prepare to be a better mom, to be a better entrepreneur, to be in service to others mm -hmm. i think well it it has blown open my idea of what it is to be authentic and to truly show up and you know you, you go around thinking that you don't care what other people think but we do and i still do i you know i'm not beyond reproach now i <laughs> I care, but, uh, and, and I still brush my teeth in the morning, you know, uh, but it's, uh, but it just, it's, it's a reminder. It's a reminder for me to keep looking back, but it's definitely changed who I am. I'm like, I, I'm shifting my whole career and ambition, uh, you know, and, and it is, it's been the ultimate transition for me to, um, to go from, I, I had been an entrepreneur and, and, you know, I've got to make that $100,000, got to make the $250,000, I got to, you know, marching towards a million and, yes. and, and just success and push and push and push. And for what? And that's what this blew open for me is the, the for what answer in question. And when I look at that and measure it up against the transgender woman who is at the food bank because she can't get a job because she's not far enough along in her transition to look like a woman mm -hmm. and people are think that she's just weird and 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 that is it's a sexual fetish mm -hmm. and she's having to use the food bank because she can't feed herself and here i am trying to make a million dollars so that truly blew my world open to have me look at okay what really matters in my life. And it's not that I feel that I should give all away my money and never make any money, you know. It's just where can I have an impact and what can I do to help people uh, to move everyone forward in all of this and not just one person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So that and the other thing that uh, it's, it really 
brought to, well, I guess it's not only, so it's been a lot of one, two, three punches for me lately. So my mom passed away a few months after Mitchell had come out and then um, two years, my, my dad passed away this past summer. So it, it's been, there's been a lot of change. The universe is definitely making sure that I get my lessons. Uh, and, um, so yeah, when my dad passed away this summer, I truly slowed down and, and almost um, had to reintegrate or process everything that had happened up until then and truly integrate it into my body and, and figure out, okay, I, I've been given these um, detours in my life. What am I doing with them? And, and really reassessing. And so when he passed away this summer, I, I thought long and hard about what is my future and what do I want to do? And, you know, I, I, this is a big secret I haven't told anyone, but <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I felt that the only way I could walk away from a business that was truly not feeding me anymore uh, in terms of um, um, fulfillment mm -hmm. was that I needed to come up with a big excuse and a big reason why. So I said I was going to go back to school to become a lawyer because that was big. And, and it's you know, not far from the truth. <laughs> I do have a huge passion for uh, human rights. And, and if I were to become a lawyer tomorrow, it would be a human rights uh, lawyer. But the reality is I just needed to walk away from my business. Um, and I did enroll in school and I am going to school. I don't know that I have the time in my life left <laughs> to actually finish law school. And I also uh, have through the courses that I am doing in university right now realized that I don't need to become a lawyer to affect the change that I do want to affect. Right. So, um, so I told everybody I'm quitting my business to become a lawyer. I, I'm, I am focusing on studying and, and uh, the program I'm doing is called Human Services. It's health and, and social services um, all mixed into one. Um, and I would love to be uh, running a nonprofit that is specifically for parents of transgender kids, you know, mm -hmm. educating them, providing them with all of the resources they need, teaching them what tucking is and what a binder is and mm -hmm. all of these other terminologies, um, teaching them about the sex education that they need to teach their kids because we aren't going to necessarily be going to be teaching in uh, public schools the specific sex education that a transgender teen needs. Yeah. So all of these resources that I'd love to see available for parents of trans kids, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'd love to do. So yeah, it's definitely changed me. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that, and it's not far off from the truth. And I think, you know, as we pivot, yeah. <laughs> pivot, <laughs> pivot, transition, right? So as we yeah. move into all these, into this new direction, I always think of it, well, one of, I always say life is a constant construction zone, but mm -hmm. I find like construction, they, they move you over into a safer path, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of are guided through a little bit of rougher terrain, but there's always the signs of detour and you follow the detour and then you get to see a different view, a different experience, meet different people. And then you might come back onto the path or you might deviate for a while and then come back, but you're always 
going to learn something new and always have a, a different a different view and a different experience that you can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. so, so with that, that's powerful. So lots of lots of learning, learning yeah. there. Yeah. Lots. So where do you think? So what's next for you? So right now I am working on, um, so I've been writing my memoir for a while. I started as soon, well, probably not as soon, but quite soon after Mitchell came out, I started writing my memoir, uh, again, as a way for me to process. Um, and I'm halfway through it and it's petered off right now for me. I'm at the hard chapter where I have to talk about my mom passing. So <laughs> we haven't, it's just sitting there for a while. Um, I, I do have a literary agent who is, uh, who's supposed to be shopping it around, but she's stranded in Morocco now, thanks to the pandemic. So uh, it's just, everything's on hold with the memoir. Um, but I did uh, go away to uh, a retreat in January and um, the ladies at this retreat were fabulous and they just kept encouraging me to, um, to help parents and that I should be a coach for parents and to teach them and help them and guide them and mentor them through the difficult times. Um, mm. And one of the uh, participants said to me, Tammy, you need to write a book called what to do in the first hundred days after your child comes out right. as transgender and i thought that is brilliant because yeah. i needed that book yeah. and I, you know, um so that has sat in in the back of my mind since january i actually uh wrote it all out i like the, the outline of it on, on a sticky paper and and put it on my wall and it looks at me every time i pass by and so it's, it's been sitting there in my mind. And then a, a couple of weeks ago, I got an email. So I had written an article, a mainstream article for Today's Parent about my experience of uh, grieving after Mitchell came out. Um, and, and I am still one of the very, very few people who dare to say that um, in, in the public realm. And every once in a while, I get an email or a message from someone saying, oh my God, that's how I feel and no one else is saying it. Right. So I got such an email a couple of weeks ago, just like, Tammy, like you're the first person to say this and I'm grieving and I need someone to talk to. So um, she's from Indiana. Mm. And we got on the phone and, and we had a good conversation. And uh, that, that sort of was my little nudge from the universe that uh, it's time to get back to writing that book. So mm -hmm. that's what I've been working on um, is, is making sure that that book gets written and put out in the world because people really do need to know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, trailblazer, leader, advocate, <laughs> <laughs> teacher, yeah. all of those things. So, so, so important. I, and I couldn't agree more it's the parents that need the support because it's the parents that are the voice for the children. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the first things I saw when I um, Googled, you know, uh, about Mitchell being transgender was the tremendously high rate of suicide attempts in transgender children, mm -hmm. uh, especially female to male. Mm -hmm. uh, which is what Mitchell is, like something like 67%, 58% uh, in the general. It's like, who wants to take a one in two chance that their child's going to attempt suicide? Mm -hmm. So um, that is why parents need to be supportive. Mm -hmm. That is why we need to, and that is why I do what I do. I need to help parents 
help their children so that no one needs to lose their life to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a, it's a large drive, not a bit of a drive. It's a large drive. <laughs> no, I think, and I know that you'll succeed in that. I think that's amazing. So where do you draw in for, insp- or where do you go for your inspiration to keep you motivated to keep going? Um, I wait for the universe to send me emails like that. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I walk a lot. <laughs> and I think that when I'm walking is when I, I process things. And the other place that I go to for uh, inspiration is uh, the Parenting with Pride group that I run once a month um, here in Airdrie we, um, as part of Airdrie Pride. And it's amazing how every month someone says something that is like, oh my God, you know, I could have told you this. And, and I just, I hate that people are struggling or going through things that I could have helped them with um, if the book was written. So yeah, I get that, that, that monthly inspiration, definitely. Um, and my kids, you know, my kids are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all four of my kids identify uh, in one way or another as LGBTQ. Uh, my oldest, uh, who allows me to call her my daughter and use she, her pronouns, and now, uh, came out since Mitchell came out as uh, uh, non-binary. Okay. Which means that uh, she's, or, uh, she identifies as female presenting gender fluid. So she likes to dress up as a boy or be a tomboy mm-hmm. is what we would call a tomboy a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, at her last job, she used the they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. And, and all my kids are, are what we call queer, <laughs> lovingly call queer. Mm-hmm. So they're all an inspiration to me. It's, it's, it's such an inspiration to see them be brave and, um, and well, they're to learn. All super creative. Like every oh. one of them is so creative. Yeah. <laughs> it's the curse of being my child. I think they, they are, they're very creative. Um, you know, visual arts, music, everything. They, they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're just coming up to the end of our time. So okay. any other advice or anything else that you can suggest that you'd like to share? Or well, I want to say, I know that uh, not a lot of people who are going to listen to this are going to have their children come out as transgender. And, uh, and if you are a business person, you're, you may be thinking, you know, what do I care? What does this have to do with me in my life? And the advice that I would love for every human being to hear is to dare to take the time to check in and make sure that you are who you really are mm-hmm. when you go outside your door. Mm-hmm. And, um, just take off that mask of perfection that we think that we need to be wearing and show up, um, show up in business, show up with your friends and your family and, and really your life will be so much better. Um, that's my best advice. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. This is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful ending piece. Cause it, it is the more we can take off those masks and be authentically yourself. I think the more energy you have, because it, it takes a lot of energy to live in, uh, yes. live in fear and to, you know, 
you know, no matter what lie you told to whom. Yeah. Like, who could live that way? <laughs> it's exhaust. It can be exhausting, right? And and it's also the facade of the persona that you're putting on, and it takes a lot of work. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, to be in your own perceived perfection, and it's not. I think we are moving into more of an authentic world. I know, you know, as a speaker, writer, um, leader, teacher, you know, all those, all those experiences, the more authentic you are, you see the people who are leaning in. When you're mm. not authentic, people are leaning out and they're not commenting. They're not, they're not coming inward. So I think it's so, so, so important to be, be you in any way that you is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. So thank you so much, uh, Tammy. I just adore you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so happy you have me on. Yeah, and, and I love this conversation because I think it's a really important conversation because I know in my circles, my circles are growing and, and I'm seeing parents struggle on every level, whether oh. it's having um, gay children, lesbian children, um, to even adults. You know, I've been seeing more and more younger teens, well, I guess older teens to young 20s, like the early 20-somethings mm -hmm. who've been starting to come out as uh, transgender and and they've been kind of doing it in secret and just not really communicating about it. And I think we need to, you know, as you said, you know, you're a key communicator, mm -hmm. uh, especially being a writer. And I, I know we need more effective communication in the world, regardless of whether it's gender, uh, focus, sexual focus. We just need more, better and stronger communication. We need to be advocates for each other yeah. and to just stand, stand beside and stand by as, you know, as we're all starting to truly figure out who we are at our core. True. Yeah. All right. So, um, to our viewers, thank you for watching. Um, I hope you found some value today and, you know, would love for you to continue the conversation, post your comments below, share out um, the link. Also, you'll be able to connect with Tammy. I'll post her, her link um, in the show notes. And until next time, you know, just keep spreading the love, light and joy in the world. So abundant love. Bye for now. Bye.